0: You got anything on your chest besides your chin? You better get it off.
1: All
2: right, then you asked for it.
0: Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free for all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snyder.
3: Good afternoon, and welcome to this Free for All Friday. And as always, there is a lot to talk about, including new stuff that broke since uh, we last talked here yesterday. The numbers to call: four one six. Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty, and of course, uh, the hot news from Ottawa is the resignation of Governor General former Governor general Julie payette, and you know a lot of people are saying that this just highlights the prime minister's. Proclivity for style over substance. Now, I'm not saying that Julie Payette doesn't have substance, but he bypassed all those committees that usually pick a governor general or vet them. And uh, she's a very accomplished woman. But... There was ample evidence that she did not have the right personality for this job. There were all kinds of complaints after everything uh, that she headed. There was the Montreal Science Centre. There was the Olympic Committee. I think I once even had a call from someone who was the mother of somebody who was on a trip with her. And uh, the things she said were pretty eye-popping. And and then there's all the other stuff. Uh, she duck the RCMP when she went for a jog. I mean, if you take a job like that, you've got to know uh, you can't do that. You've got to go jogging with your security detail. You can't give them a hard time. They're doing their job. And there's also talk about renovations to make her residence more private at taxpayer's expense, costly expense. I mean, you know, um, the job has constitutional aspects, but it's, it's also quite ceremonial. And, and what you see the most beloved and successful governors general doing, you know, they go and they recognize volunteers often in small towns and, uh, they like getting out there and meeting people. And if that's not what you like, I mean, she at her age should have known. That, that this was not for her, but, but basically so should everyone else. So what do you think? Uh, is this uh, Does this look bad on all of us? The first time a governor general uh, resigns, uh, by the way, she's resigning with a full pension for life after ser- serving a little over three years. Uh, nice work if you can get it. Or does it basically reflect badly on Trudeau, who bypassed all the usual processes and hand-picked her because she was such a brilliant idea. Again, the numbers to call 416 toll-free 1-866-744-740. Of course, huge events south of the border, the inauguration of Joe Biden. It went off peacefully, even though there were 25,000 Uh, National Guard troops on hand to make sure that it happened that way. And before that, we learned that he was canceling the Keystone Keystone XL pipeline. We begin there with John in Cambridge. Hi, John.
4: Hello. Hello. You're on the air. I have a a comment with regard to President uh, Biden's cancellation of the XL pipeline. Go ahead. I think it's a terrible decision. And... uh, why don't we build refineries in Alberta? Stop sending the oil to Louisiana.
5: Isn't that a solution?
3: Uh, I don't know that it's a solution. There's also issues with, um, with you know, uh, the expense of the oil in Alberta. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll put it out there. Okay, but, thank uh, you very much. You're very welcome. Okay, let's go to... Jim in Pickering. Hi Jim. Hi,
1: uh, good afternoon, Libby. You know, again, I mean, and I just heard um, um Justin speak and it, that is who we are. And uh, it just bugs me. But the thing is, Libby, I wish we could just become a bit more proactive instead of reactive in so many things, whether it's vaccine or anything. But it takes so long that you know, they they realize there was a problem. And they just drag it out. and But, you know, Libby, and the things that you mentioned, and maybe that color you had and it was on a flight with them or a holiday, you know, character, it just speaks so much to her character. And I don't know. So when we, when we see a problem like that, that thing, why let it go so long? Because it affected so many people and the country.
3: Well, there's due process for everything. And on the other side of it, uh, it's very easy for people can say, oh, uh, they're being harassed. But in this case, there was a history. Yes. And the the one thing they did know about was that she was charged with assault when she was going through her divorce. Now, those charges were dropped. But that, you know, might have told you something. And, I mean, even if you, I mean you know, there's no excuse uh, for what she's been accused of doing. No. And there doesn't seem, you know, we didn't see the report, but there was no black and white. And um, there seems to be, there's the issue of, of, you know, suitability for a job. You know, it sounds to me from everything I've read is that even if she didn't do that to her employees, she was really ill-suited to this particular wow. job.
1: Yes, Libby, and you know, just to say one last thing is that she followed up such a fantastic Governor General in David Johnson. And you know what I mean? And I'm embarrassed about what's, what this has just happened, but it's just to say she followed up such a wonderful man.
3: Yeah, he was uh, wow. much beloved, and uh, he did all the things, the uh, you know, a lot of very unglamorous things that Governors General do.
1: Yes, with class, yes.
3: With class. Okay. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So uh, let me give the numbers out again 416 3600740, toll free 1 866 740 4740. Do you have an opinion on the resignation of Julie Payette uh, and on all the processes? I mean, face it, there's lots of process going in. There's lots of process going out. You know, people are saying at least she didn't make the Queen get involved, though Justin Trudeau had to have a talk with the Queen. Uh, You know, um, we have the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court stepping in for her. And, you know, some some people are wondering, you know, maybe that's the best solution, though I guess the Chief Justice has other things to do than all those ceremonial things. He will certainly be more than capable should there be a need for his constitutional advice. I'm sure he knows more about that stuff. Than most Governors General. Uh, again, 416 360 toll-free 1-866-744-740. And let's hear from Brian in Mimico. Hi, Brian.
6: Hi, Libby. You know, you can tell right off the bat, she was not comfortable in that job. And, you know, that committee and everything was set up to pick a perfect person for, for it, but no... Justin, just like his papa, has to have his own way. He bypassed that, and he just made his own choice. Why, I don't know, but it was a bad choice, one of many, when you just have to do what you want to do instead of what's best for the country. You want to do what's best for you. And uh, he's looking for an election to come up, but I'm going to predict right now he'll probably pick Kathleen Wynn. So he can get the LGBTQ vote. And I think she would make a good governor general, but he wouldn't pick her for that. He'd just pick her for the election purposes.
3: Uh, I, I haven't heard any, uh, <laughs> any candidates, so I don't know about that. You know, it's interesting. I remember back to when, uh, Julie Payette was first chosen. And, you know, on paper, she looks fantastic. And I remember reading that it wasn't even his idea, it was his wife, Sophie's idea. And I oh. think they knew each other from, I don't know, uh, what, uh, aspect. But uh, that's what I remember reading. I, I'd have to go back and check it, that it was his wife Sophie's idea, and they thought, fantastic. But I do have to say that on the surface of things, I mean, she would look perfect. But uh, the the point is, you have to go a little deeper than the surface.
6: And you have to, you should have a spouse, too. That gets a little uncomfortable at day uh, you know, dinners and stuff.
3: No, In I don't think so. The other
6: person got to talk to you?
3: Well, I, I, um I don't think that, that I don't think you discriminate against people who don't have spouses. But uh, well, in
6: certain positions, yeah. It's you know, that's the the way it is. I don't As know. The Governor General is very specific about who you are and what you have to do and how you have to behave.
3: Mm, I don't think that that was the issue, not having a spouse, though. I remember that with Adrienne Clarkson, when she was appointed governor general, she had been living with her partner for many, many years. And uh, I think the prime minister told them, hey, get married, and they got married. So there you go. (laughs) I think you you have to get married if you're living common law, but I, I don't know that having a spouse. I mean, if it, if you're talking about even numbers, uh, you can just have another guest at dinner. And, of course, we are all looking forward to the time when we can be with actual other people close to us at dinner. Brian. Yeah, that
6: would be nice.
3: That would be nice. Brian, thanks for your call. Okay, let's go to Bob in Itomaco. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you?
4: I'd like to make a remark about the controversy over uh, changing industrial land or commercial land into residential, whether it be low income or... um, But I don't believe that any, any, no matter where, uh, commercial or industrial land should be converted into residential for example, Mimico used to be really, really like lots of businesses, lots of industry there. There was a number of plants there. They sell it because and build condos and all them plants move out of town because land is cheaper and the taxes are cheaper. They should not be allowed to convert any industrial or commercial or even retail property like Cloverdale Mall is going to be shut down, condos. Albion mall going to be shut down condos. This is totally wrong. We'll have all kinds of people and no jobs. That's it's lots of construction jobs in the short, but in the long, no. So I don't agree that with them ever being allowed to change um, the zonings of any property from industrial, commercial or, or retail to uh, residential. It's, it, there's a lot of profit for condo builders, but there's not much sense. To the common people of the city. So yeah, like, but when you're talking off.
3: about some of these areas, uh, they're actually reclaimed. I mean, you, when you're talking about, say, that foundry or uh, you have the distillery district here in Toronto, I mean, those things were abandoned a long time before. Uh, the uh, properties were redeveloped now in the, in the uh case of the distillery district it's become a a lovely commercial area it's got uh, cultural and commercial things but uh you know with the condos uh you know uh, i think you're right there are too many condos but you don't know sort of what necessarily came first and they have mixed use
4: too the problem in toronto is that they Try to keep the residential taxes down. So they're taxing the uh, commercial properties and like the office towers. Yeah, don't I know it. They're paying $60 a square foot taxes. That's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. You know, don't
3: so, don't we know it. We have the, the well, the same issue everywhere. Businesses pay much higher taxes and uh it if you're in an area like here in Liberty Village, the people who supposedly represent you could not care less what happens to business because uh, the people who have businesses here don't vote in this ward. No,
4: I know that. Uh, it's to me because there's like the us. I live on 427 Highway, and they used to have rush hour in the morning backed up going downtown. Now it's the other way. It's rush hour coming out in the morning and going in in the evening because people going home, living in the condos, working in Mississauga, Like, places like Bolton in the middle of nowhere. Do you see their building? Like, 10 10 to 15 million square feet of um, commercial buildings going up. This is... This stuff should be in Toronto, where the people are, where the businesses. But they don't seem to catch on to that. Okay. Uh, okay.
7: Thank
3: you. Thank okay, you. bye. Okay, well, uh, one of the other things that's happening in the pandemic is that people are leaving the city because they're finding they can work from home. And that's something we have to take a, a good longer look at. But it's it's very interesting phenomenon. And the question is, is, is it going to stick? when we are done with this now it's time for us to take a break i'm going to give the numbers out again We've been talking about the resignation of Julie Payette. Uh, One thing that's uh, been coming up all week is the whole fiasco around the vaccine rollout and the cancellation of some of our Pfizer shipments. We had the premier calling out Pfizer. Finally, the prime minister called the head of global Pfizer. I keep saying, you know, I don't think we had Many early doses. Uh, meantime, there are still doses that we have that haven't been administered. There are a lot of people saying that the wrong people got the vaccines. We still have a lot of people in long term care who have not received the vaccine. They are the most vulnerable by any measure. We had another, I think, 47 deaths in long term care today. It's shameful. And uh, we have a lot of people calling out the government because we know that there were healthcare workers who don't even work in the hospital who got some shots. What happened there? And then there are older people in the community who say, when am I getting my shot? It's not happening anytime soon. And to me, uh, if you're in the community, you're healthy. Why would the government not think it's a priority to make sure you stay that way. We also have uh, all the big changes in the United States. What do you think about that the change from Donald Trump, who we haven't heard from on Twitter for seems like forever, and Joe Biden coming in and Kamala Harris. So 416-360-0740, toll free one eight six six 740 And we will be right back after a break.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like. As long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby's Nimer.
3: Welcome back to this free for all Friday. There are so many things to talk about really this week. We've been talking about the resignation of Julie Payette. We've been talking about the new Biden administration south of the border. We've been talking about municipal things. Um, and uh, earlier this week, we talked about mental health. We had a lot of calls. I still want to know from people, how are you doing? It's also the winter. Um, it's not a bad winter. I'm must say, but uh, that always uh, makes things a little, I don't know, grayer, certainly for me. Uh, the numbers to call, 416 toll-free 1-866-744-740. So yes, do tell me how you're doing. And, and by the way, it's also January is Alzheimer's month. So if you're caring for someone with Alzheimer's, if you're uh, in any way connected, uh, give us a shout. Again, 416 Toll-free 866 740 Let's go to Melanie in High Park. Hello, Melanie. Thank you. Thank you so much. You should be called the people's therapist.
8: (laughs) 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 Especially during this. I, you are such a wonderful outlet to, for us to view, uh, you know, to give our opinion. I'm a little bit concerned and a little bit, as you can tell, overwhelmed. What did she do? First of all, why are they not telling us? What is she guilty of? I have the greatest respect for her for such an accomplished woman. What did she actually do? Nobody's telling us. Now, look at Mary Lee, um, our health minister, the one we're always speaking of. We're asking for her to resign nothing's done. We have corruption in institutions. These people don't leave. And, and, you know, we have wonderful, godly police officers who uphold the justice system. But we have unjust police officers who kill people on the job who are mentally ill. I mean, the young black men that are always suffering at the hands of the police. These people stay on the job. They collect their pensions. They collect for 10 years. One police officer is still collecting his money, while the good police officer are keeping silent because they told me they're afraid. They're afraid to say anything. They don't want to rock the boat. So what is it that uh, our um, Governor General did? I want to know because I still think she's a wonderful person. Now, was she too much of a strong person? Was she giving everybody, you know, the whip to work and, and do things? I don't know. So why are they doing this to her without me knowing what did she do? Come out with it and tell me what did she do. We well, they, they,
3: they, 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 there are some things that have been released and the the charges, workplace harassment, that she belittered her employees, that she yelled at them in public. Oh, my public. God.
8: Oh, oh, Libby, Libby, I could tell you stories that would curl your hair, curl your hair. The stories that I know of how Innocent people at the hands of the police have been treated, sworn at, yelled at, screamed at, abused physically, and some have even lost their lives and the disrespect. So what is going on that this woman was let go without a trial, without us being able to know what she did? This this is wrong. People this is the old Soviet system. You just let somebody go and that's it. This there, was, is wrong wait, and
3: unfair. there was there there are processes for this. There was an investigation and the conclusion of the investigation was that she had to go. They're usually conducted by legal firms. They're very expensive. It's government. There's always processes. So, um, could you that, get her, could you get her on your show for her to explain her side of the story? I, I highly, I highly doubt that, but, um, maybe we'll give her a shout if give we her can a find shout. her. Don't be afraid, Livy. Okay. Thank you for your call. All right, we have another call about Julie Payette, Angus in Guelph.
5: Hello, Angus. Hi. Um, or is it Agnes? I must say at the beginning that I totally disagree with the lady that just spoke before me. Uh. Um, I've uh, because I like politics, I watch you know uh, or listen to the news and try to be up to date. So from the very beginning, I thought she was not the person that should have been. Uh, put in that position, and I feel that uh, um, even during her tenure, like uh, about three years now, um, she there were things coming out about, like, for example, her overspending, um, uh, refurnishing or refurbishing uh, um, Rideau Hall, where she uh, was, and also uh, the abuse. That was all coming out, you know, gradually. And I just feel that she should have been uh, fired, but I'm no lawyer. I don't know if that could have been done before. And I don't feel that she should be getting the pension she's now entitled to um, because like, of the way she handled things, like, uh, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning uh, of this program, uh, you really pointed out many, many things that, you know, were, and also last night on the news, uh, there was a panel talking about her. Um, uh, Things are well known, and I do not think that she should be... as a guest on your show, no way, no. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I, I'm glad she will be gone and replaced by somebody else.
3: Okay, thank you for your call. You uh, Yeah, those, those pension things or, or all of that kind of thing, when there's a contract, uh, it's very hard to get out of it. Uh, now we've got Julius in Scarborough. Hi, Julius. Come on, go. Uh, good afternoon, Ms.
9: Nimer. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. i called for a few weeks. What's the matter with me? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, Miss Payette, uh, you know, Trudeau, uh, he was uh, known to be a feminist kind of uh, politician, which is fine with me. Absolutely no problem, as long as you hire people that are qualified. Now, Miss Payette is a very smart woman, obviously, from being an astronaut, but she put a, she should have been vetted better. But uh, I still think it was a political correctness appointment and an affirmative action appointment. And uh, I think he rushed a little bit.
3: I don't think there was any affirmative action. We've had uh, a number of women governors general. No problem. So how was it affirmative no, action? For, it's this not, one,
9: for this one, I, I don't
3: that. think so. I think that she looked so good. Okay. Maybe political, but I think on paper she looked fantastic. Well,
9: she did. I agree. But... Now, here's a, how about a couple of names I want to throw at you to uh, replace. Okay, now, go uh, ahead. On one, I'm going to have my tongue in my cheek a little bit because I know it'll get a reaction. Uh, what about Ernie Eaves? What about him? Well, I, think, <laughs> I think he could fit the bill. Uh,
3: I, 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 if people actually remember the former premier, I, I don't think uh, it will get you a tongue lashing.
9: What about the second one? Those who got a reaction, Mike Harris.
3: Mike Harris, okay. You're going with former premiers. Is it because we had a caller who said Kathleen Wynne? I don't uh, know if being a former premier of Ontario, is, well, is not that not a main qualifier?
9: I think they're very confident. And in closing, <clears throat> I'll be short. In closing, I just want to say this, maybe a little tongue-in-cheek again. Uh, remember Ronnie Reagan, who said, Hi, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. Hold on to your wallet and run like hell. I'm Julius signing off.
3: Okay, Julius, Thanks, thank Mike. you for that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, people, maybe you have suggestions for who should be the next Governor General. Uh, I don't think that a prerequisite is being a former Premier of Ontario, but hey, you never know. Uh, the numbers to call, 416 toll-free 866 740 And we have, is it Kaywin? Yes, you do. Okay. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I'm calling about one of your former
2: uh, Governors General. Uh, we're just going to tell you how old I am. Pauline McGibbon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were a small organization in Streetsville, all volunteers. Nobody got paid. We called ourselves the Streetsville Neighbors Assistance Program and SNAP for short. And we drove people to medical appointments and took them to the library and um, Went to nursing homes and um, did crafts. And once a year, we had a luncheon for our volunteers because nobody was paid. And we invited Pauline McGibbon, and we thought, oh, she'll never come. Well, you know what? She did. And she spoke to a group of volunteers. Now, when we found out she was coming, we invited everybody in Streetsville, not <laughs> just our volunteers, because we were so pleased that she came. And I thought that was so nice of someone like her to come out to a small, you know, streetsville town. Mind you, we picked her up at the airport. But even (laughs) so, so. you know, this is the type of thing that they have
3: to do, and uh, Pauline McGibbon did it well. Well, this is exactly the kind of thing that basically they all should do and have to do, and and if you're not up for doing that, you shouldn't take the job. But thank you so much for that story. It's very sweet. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and wow, here we have uh the woman who originally called me about Julie Payette
7: bullying her daughter. It's Ginny in Toronto. Hi. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? I'm good, and I can say I'm delighted that Julie Payette resigned. Um, and in reference to your caller, couple of callers ago who thinks she should have a trial, et cetera, et cetera, um, she represents the Queen, and... She should not be behaving the way she has. When, um, the COC had to deal with her and ask her to leave because of her behavior, um, that's a, that's a statement right there. And that was before she was appointed, uh, Governor General. What happened with your daughter? My daughter worked for the COC. It's not a secret now. I think CBC reached out to the COC. Um, no names obviously were, uh, mentioned. And, um, she was, she had a, a strip torn off her because the car that she was waiting for in Rio during the Olympics was late. Well, let, let's think about the traffic in Rio during the Olympics or in Rio anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and she was horrible to my daughter who was on staff and working, you know, terribly long hours. And to the point that she was reduced to tears, the head of the COC um, got wind of it because people experienced it. You know, they stood there and watched and went, oh, my God. And it got back to the head of the COC, who did speak to Payette, who um, said, you know, you need to apologize. And um, so the next time she saw my daughter, which was a couple of days later, she goes, oh, I hear you're mad at me. Well, that's not an apology. Um, And why Trudeau put her in? When we as a family and the COC family heard it, it, the the messages that went around were, are you kidding? So um, he made a big mistake. And he's unfortunately paying for it right now. Hmm.
3: Well, yeah. Um, it, it's uh, it's important to hear from people who are affected uh, by this. Uh, and, you know, it happened a long
7: time ago, and I'm sure it still leaves a mark. It still leaves a mark. And when the announcement came out yesterday, even my contemporaries, my girlfriends, um, who knew about it through their children, not from me, through their children, reached out to me on, on um, messaging. Okay, well, so it, I mean, the the statement's there.
3: Well, thanks so much for uh, touching base with us to remind us about that. And, uh, well, I don't know. You know what they say. What goes around comes around.
7: There you go. And, and it sure did, didn't it? Yep. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you. you. So, okay.
3: Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. OK, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 We've been talking about the resignation of Julie Payette as governor general amid these. Well, uh, the investigation found that uh, there was a lot to these claims of workplace harassment fact is that uh, the prime minister bypassed a normal vetting procedure and there there were a lot of problems that she left in her wake and you just heard from our last caller that uh, she had or her daughter had personal experience of it so it, it, it wouldn't have been that hard to find. Uh, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740. they are lots of other things to talk about as we go through this terrible pandemic. Let's hear from Chris in Ancaster. Hi,
10: Chris. Hey, how are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, so my question here is um, directed towards uh, something that you said earlier, and it's not just you. It's, I'm hearing a lot of people. and It's not that it's a bad thing or anything like that, but um, the words, when this is all over, Um, they really like, uh, it kind of shocks me when I hear that. And I'm just wondering what, where's any indication that any of these measures that we're taking for COVID-19 to ever be over, right? Like we're looking at the worst economic downturn the world's ever seen, probably worse than the great depression. But the problem is we can't get stats on it, right? A third of all the, uh, money that's ever been printed by the States has just occurred. There's some major economic situations. People are all working from home. Right. And and we got like permanent barriers everywhere. And like our life is now forever changed, period. So why would we ever revert back to a situation where we could have the world in this economic downturn, where we could have people with all these mental health crises, which are going through the roof right now? It's kind of like we've gone way too far one way. Why would we ever go back to ever be putting ourselves in this position again? Right.
3: I'm not sure. Uh, What you mean by that? Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Why would we ever go back to this position? Do you
10: mean the lockdown? Yeah, like why would why would we ever go to a concert with 100,000 people ever again?
3: Oh, uh, that's what you mean. Yeah, you know like what? Back to people, normal. people, people get over stuff. Um, eventually there will be, you know, eventually, hopefully we will have some herd immunity for this. We'll have vaccinations. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, the world went through something very similar over 100 years ago in, in the flu pandemic, the Spanish flu, as it was erroneously called, and then people got over it. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. It certainly yeah. isn't going to happen. It's going to take a long time for people who went through this, I think, to go back. On the other hand, there are some things that people are just dying to do. Travel, I think people will travel when they can. I don't know. uh, I think they will go to concerts. They'll certainly go to restaurants uh, when they can.
10: Yeah, well, people I'm seeing are already over it. Like, if you go on a Toronto subway right now, half the people aren't wearing masks. And up to this whole lockdown thing, you couldn't call any restaurant in the GTA and get a reservation. They were that packed.
3: Yeah, I know. uh, Tell me about it.
10: So it seems to me like the public has kind of weighed the risk. They're seeing how many people are are dying they 're seeing that it's specific to old age homes which get hit by the flu by similar numbers each year that 's not I true
3: that 's totally well, not you, true
10: the numbers
3: the numbers are not similar and uh, we absolutely, are starting yeah. to uh, absolutely they are not um, I know there are a can, lot of people who are saying it's it's just, old, it's just old it 's just old people that 's all it is.
10: But well, uh, if, if you look at That's ages. Canada, they provide they provide the flu deaths per year, right? And we're looking at like marginal increases mm. uh, this year comparatively. Yeah, but there's uh, also on our population growth as well factored in there. So okay,
3: Chris. I, as I said, I draw the line at misinformation and comparing this to a regular flu uh, which it is not is in in my opinion misinformation. So thanks for your call. And uh, right now, we have to take another break. Before we go to break, 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be right back after the break.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt.
3: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me.
0: Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Nimer. Welcome
3: back to this free-for-all Friday, and there's a lot to talk about, as there always is. The big topic today seems to be the resignation of Julie Payette, and uh, not surprising that that is the main topic. We'll be talking about other things too: vulnerable seniors in the pandemic, but let us begin with Mike in Toronto. Hi, Mike. Mike? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. You're on the air.
6: Hi. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I was saying that uh, to your uh, checker there on the way in that, you know, he, I think we should just acknowledge you made a hiring mistake and, and take it at that and move on. I'm, I'm not inclined to give Trudeau any more slack than usual here, but, you know, he, he basically got around the problem of having to vet somebody because she got through a system that is extremely, I would argue, uh, you know, uh, particular in the way it vets people, especially psychologically. So if anybody should have done it, she should have, and it, it turned out to be a bad hire. It happened. That's
3: true. I mean, that, that's, I, that's a, that's a pretty good point. Ex, except, uh, if you're talking about her having been vetted as an astronaut, I, I would think that there are very different qualities that you would need for both those things. If you're going to be an astronaut, for one thing, you have to be able to handle, I would think, uh, solitude or something resembling that. Uh, and for the governor general, like, you really got to be a people person and outgoing.
6: Well, actually, she was selected for the space shuttle and therefore had to be a team player, but maybe not.
3: But maybe not.
6: And the other thing is she, she was dealing with other astronauts, not people who maybe
4: weren't quite astronaut candidates.
3: Exactly. That's a, that a, a different breed. But, yeah, I, I I think you make a valid point there.
4: Having said that, hopefully uh,
6: young Justin has learned his lesson and he doesn't uh, cut the... Uh, the you see, it's always better to have somebody else to blame. You should have, you should have stuck with the vetting crew. Uh,
3: yeah, that's, uh, that's also a good point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mike, uh, thanks for your call. Sure. Okay, cheers. Yeah. Okay, who is next? We've got Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how's everyone today? Everyone's
1: fine. <laughs> okay. Um, my thought is maybe it's time to do away with the uh, position
4: altogether. I, obviously, there's some workarounds we have to do in terms of, you know, dissolving parliament and things like that. But why do we need basically mommy's representative uh, living in our house doing ceremonial stuff? And
3: well, a lot of people are are talking about that. I mean, the 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 argument is that going to a republic. Is a whole different. uh, It's a whole different form of government that this kind of works, and also in terms of our constitution, you have to get uh, at least eight out of ten provinces to agree or more. And there's a notwithstanding clause that uh, I think the argument is that it would just be too much of a headache to change it. Is is my understanding of the argument?
4: I think Quebec would go along with it easily enough. Uh, I mean. Yeah, Yeah, but it is mostly a ceremonial position, and I mean, if we're even if you know if we're picking it, it just seems kind of ridiculous, or to do it by election, and we could even elect our queen if we wanted to. Uh,
3: Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but I'm just saying that everything I've seen, parsing out what would have to happen to change it. <clears throat> basically says that it would be a lot of trouble. But a lot of people think, hey, uh, we don't need a queen anymore. And there are that's other Commonwealth countries who, who don't have one.
4: Yeah. It's, you know, it's, that's my point, basically. Why do we need, you know, this still mostly ceremonial figure of, of you know, mommy across the sea, you know, t- telling us how to live in our house?
3: Well, I'm not sure she actually does tell us how to live in our house, but uh, you know, and I think there are fewer and fewer people who have emotional ties to Great Britain and to the monarchy, but a lot of people still l- love it, and a lot of people come from that heritage, but uh, yeah, you know, if if we get to a point where <clears throat> sorry, um, if we get to a point where more and more people think like you and it becomes an important issue, that's if and when it will change.
4: Okay. Everyone Dar- be well.
3: Okay. Thank you, Daryl. Okay. Let's go to Norm in Niagara Falls. Hi, Norm.
4: Hello, Libby. How are you today?
3: Fine. Thanks. How are you?
4: I am well. Okay. Comment on Julie Payette. Go ahead. Uh, her assistant, uh, Ms. DeAndre Lorenzo. Uh huh. Is she also going to? Exit.
3: I think she has already exited and she has okay. hired. This is one of the interesting things because I, in the statement that she made. So the assistant who apparently was a very good friend of hers or was, um, hired a very, uh, famous lawyer, Marie Annan, who represented Gian Gomeshi. Very famous lawyer, very mm-hmm. clever lawyer and, um, in Julie Payette's statement, she said, "She said I gather that the office of the secretary to the governor general, like things were bad. Uh, that is pointing the finger at her friend, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that may be why her friend hired the lawyer." Uh, Julie Payette's statement. People who are looking at it <clears throat> keep saying they think it it it's been uh, you know written by a lawyer. So, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming out on that. But that's interesting that when I saw her statement, I thought, oh, she's now pointing the finger to her person. You mm-hmm. know?
4: Mm. And Typical. You yeah. Know, right?
3: right? Well, I don't
4: know. I won't All say okay. that. All right.
3: Okay.
4: Also, wait, uh, my mental health. Uh huh. Go my ahead. Mental health was fine going in, and it is still fine because not only is my mental health fine my physical health is fine and also along with that spiritual health so it's all synergistic as i see it
3: i'm i'm glad to hear that and uh yeah it's not an easy thing thanks for sharing that
4: i'm not trying to boast about it i'm just stating a fact
3: okay i'm not i'm not saying you are thanks for your call you're welcome okay oh okay uh, there is a caller here who wants to give me a compliment. Go easy on it. Hello, Andrea and Markham. Hello, Libby. I just wanted to say I love your show. You're fantastic. You are doing an amazing, awesome job. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks so much. That's so sweet of you. How are you doing? Well, like everybody, I'm in lockdown on my hairdresser. What more can I say? Oh. You know what? That's another thing people are going to do the instant it's allowed again. They're going to go to the hairdresser. Listen, I don't want this lockdown any more than anybody else. If
8: everybody would just get on the program, wear the mask like they're supposed to, sanitize their hands, do I don't care what they have to do, but everybody get on the same page and we'll get the numbers down fast. Okay.
3: Okay. Thank you for that, Andrea. Appreciate you're, that. You're welcome anytime, my friend. You have a great day. Thank you. Okay. I am going to take a call from somebody who has been emailing me. It's Ketty in Toronto, and, and she was emailing me about vulnerable seniors in the community. You know, why are they not at the front of the line in terms of the vaccine? And, uh, uh, Ketty,
11: yeah, we we've talked about that here on the show before. Hello. Hi, hi Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, basically, I've, I've been working nonstop on this, trying to bring this to the forefront, trying to bring it to the powers that be. But what really irked me today was that we have somewhere between 70 and 80,000 long-term care uh, seniors and they don't know the number. And that I find that impossible that they don't know the numbers. And really only 39,000 of them have been vaccinated whereas 58,000 people that work with them have been vaccinated. Is this one and a half persons per, per per resident? And the longer it takes for long-term care residents to be vaccinated, the longer it is going to take us seniors living in the community uh, uh, the opportunity to receive the vaccine. And if the issue is in Ontario to prevent deaths, you know, I, I want to reiterate again that, that the seniors living in long, not living in long-term care are making up over 2,000 uh, COVID deaths in the province. And if the issue is to free up hospital beds, then we have to vaccinate the vulnerable seniors. Being in long-term care and those in the, in the community, everybody else is getting in line. Everybody else is receiving a vaccine. People are jumping the queue. And uh, and and that's not right. People don't seem to understand that. Uh, it, with all due respect with, with the general, I think he is a liability. He is thinking that as long as he gets a, a shot into anybody's arm, we're okay. Why is nobody accountable saying why have only 39,000 long-term care residents been vaccinated so far when we have had enough vaccines? in the province, to give everybody the shot twice over. Uh,
3: You know what? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, Premier Ford was talking about Pfizer's excuses. Well, the whole business about not being able to transport the Pfizer vaccine. Other countries have done it. Other provinces have done it. And they apparently started to do it. And I think there were problems with the general, the right. general at a certain exactly. point said uh, speed is the main thing. And then other people started getting the vaccine. And when I remember way back when we first there, there was a, a an advisory group discussing who should be yeah. how the lineup should go way back. Teresa Tam, the chief I know. policy officer, she was making it simple. She said it should go by age. And, and that went by the wayside. And there are people who are more expert than you or I who are calling that out. Um, there's, there's something from Andrea Horvath's office, uh, that just came out a few minutes ago. I'm going to read it. I, I'd like to check those numbers because, uh, according to numbers that I saw, Yesterday, uh, 28% of the vaccines that we have in Ontario have not been administered. Her numbers uh, show them as being a lot bigger. Uh, Ontario has received, she said, 277,000 doses uh, and only 35,000 people in long-term care have been vaccinated. Uh, that's uh, I was comparing apples and oranges a bit, so uh, we'll have more on all of that. But, uh, Katie, this is something that we have been talking about since the beginning. And believe me, we will not stop talking about these and, things. And neither
11: will I, because I am not going to rest. You are not going to rest? That's good. Yeah, I am just going to be... They, 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 what they're, basically, what they're saying is that seniors are expendable, we are forgotten, we are being pushed to the back of the line, and nobody will notice. Okay, Kitty. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, bye bye.
3: Okay, I'm I'm going to take one more call. We're uh, Dan in Brampton. Tell me about your dad, but only in twenty seconds or so. Okay. Oh. Hi.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh. He lives in Scarborough, and he lives in the house that he built with his own hands in 1948. Um, and he, he was a veteran of the Second World War, and we're just wondering when would he expect to get a vaccine, because he, he is quite vulnerable. And how old is he? 97 years old.
3: Okay, I would say knock whatever I'm knocking on. He's 97, he's healthy, he lives on his own. That's the point. We want yeah, him to exactly. stay healthy. And right now uh, he's due at uh, end of March or April. I find that shocking. And I also have to tell you, who knows if these vaccine delays will impact that. Dan, thanks for telling us about your dad and please wish him the
4: best. Okay. And he has a book coming out uh, next month. Okay.
3: Call us back with that. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for that. Okay. Um that's it for uh, Fight Back for today and for this week. Uh, Jane Brown will be here on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. Everybody have a great weekend. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.